What's up, you guys? This is The Quad with Chris Young. I am coming to you. I think every single one of us is coming to you from a different location. Uh, currently, we have Ryan from Miami. I get to go first this time because it's a full Zoom on the road pod. Literally, Josh is on the road. Like This is an on the road pod for, for real. Everyone's in a car or on the go. Yes, producer Josh. Uh, I am. I'm in the back lounge of the bus somewhere outside of Columbus, Ohio right now. So happy <laughs> And Haley the Bear. Hello. I'm nowhere special. <laughs> um, obviously, it's been a week since we've seen you guys. Uh, kind of out of our control. This summer is crazy, but it's awesome. And we're all either on the road or doing stuff. And uh, it's just been one of those things. I do want to take a moment to just tell you guys why we're not doing a video this week. Uh, unfortunately, our uh, our video guy, Monsell, uh, had a death in his family. So we, we kind of wanted him to give the week off to be able to deal with that. And our condolences obviously go out to him and all of his friends and family as well. We love you, Monsell. All right. Now, does anyone even remember what the last poll was? <laughs> uh, polls are really important, and we love them here at the Quad with Chris Young. And the important thing is, is that you go to vote in the polls, and we do this I each week. Tell you what the poll was. Uh, well, you know, it's it's important that we we tell the folks what the poll was because that's kind of the whole thing here behind the poll. So the poll was: snow cones, they're awesome or they suck. And 87.7% of the audience said that they are awesome. So people love snow cones, Haley. You are in the extreme they don't. minority. They're here. just saying that because they've had a snow cone once in their life. They're not going out seeking snow cones. I promise you that. I think you're wrong on this one, Bear. And I, I just got to say, I am very, very proud of the podcast family, the pod squad, as it were, for doing the right thing and voting for snow cones. No, they're not going out seeking snow cones. I promise you. This uh, honestly <laughs> might have been the most simplistic poll we have ever done, which is literally the answers of they're awesome or they suck. And it was a resounding defeat in the they're awesome, they suck poll, which was is quite astonishing. They're awesome. Yeah. I feel like, yeah. uh, you know, if you want to send us your photos of you eating snow cones, we will make sure that we forward them to Haley so that she can have a nice little collection <laughs> Of everyone eating snow cones. Again, they are only going to go get snow cones because you told them to. No one is going out and being like, I'm going to go get a snow cone today. They're going to get ice cream. They're going to get any other fucking. <laughs> it's been a while since. It's been a while since we've gotten someone riled up enough during a hot take to accidentally swear on the podcast. <laughs> Fair button. Rawr. My bad. Oh man. Well, I, again, we I take say, we I, take one week off, and Bear forgets that you can't use the f word on the podcast. <laughs> one week. I don't think she forgot. I think it was an involuntary response. I, yeah, I, think, I think that that was just going to happen regardless. <laughs> oh man. Um. All right. Well, let's jump to music. Music. Yeah. So, chart update. Obviously, looking for you in the top 15. 
Also on top of that, I know you guys have been seeing me relentlessly tease about the song that, for all intents and purposes, is going to be the follow-up to Looking For You once that's done on the chart. And even before it's done, we're going to get it out there into the world for you guys to have. Already shot a video for this. Really, really pumped about it. Um, shot a really cool summer video uh, on the water with some sand and party vibes for the song Young Love and Saturday Nights. Um, there's going to be some more stuff actually coming out later today about that. So just keep your eyes peeled for all that information. And yeah, I'm, I'm very, very pumped about everything that's going on musically right now, as well as being back out on the road. Obviously, we didn't get a chance to talk about the 4th of July, me being in, down in Houston, which was incredible. And then coming up this weekend, I'm back in Texas. And then I think I'm gone every weekend for like the next six weeks. So, uh, Josh, you and me will be uh, passing each other in the night somewhere, I'm sure, on the road. <laughs> just a, just an air five out, out of the window. Just, hey, man, see you. See you in Ohio. <clears throat> Yeah, that's exciting. I am. Uh, <laughs> today is the final trip home after two solid weeks of being gone from home. Uh, that is the longest I've ever been on the road for that uh, that many shows in that many days all over the world. And by that, I mean North America, Canada and back a couple of times. Uh, it's been great. <laughs> Tour has been fun. And. We had a sellout last night in Toronto, um, which Haley, you would have loved this. There's a clip in Sam's new song, Outskirts, hanging out with Haley from Toronto. And uh, the crowd the crowd went very, uh, very wild on that line. Ah, you know, it's just because of me, right? They're, they, they're thinking of me when they go wild. It's possible <laughs> that perhaps they've named more than one person Haley in the world, but... <laughs> Yeah, it's but been... none of them are Haley the Bear. <laughs> it's true. Fit that in the song. Um, <laughs> yeah, I am. I am, and the bittersweet of it all that I was craving my bed to sleep tonight, and my AC unit is broken in my condo, so I'm getting a hotel room for tonight. Oh no! So oh no! At home, will not be at home. That's all right. It's getting fixed right now. Uh that sucks. Real, you know, real life stuff while while you're out, out on the road doing stuff. So it's all good. Well, that's uh. Hopefully, you will be home in your own bed very soon, dude. I know you've been uh, working hard. You got a lot of things that that make that tour go. So hope you're at least getting to enjoy it while you're out there. It's been the show's been awesome. Uh, the the crew is wonderful. The band guys are wonderful. Sam's great. Like. It, it, by all accounts, it's, it's a, a, a world-class offer. Um, yeah, just uh, just ready to shut down, <laughs> shut down the engine for a couple days before we go back out this weekend. Yes, that's right, Josh. Feel my pain. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know how you do it all the time. Good for you. Good on you. Oh man. No, it's uh it's it's great. And big shout out to the fans for showing up. Um for every artist that's out there on the road this summer. I I know we tend to forget, but it wasn't that long ago we weren't allowed to play shows for quite a while. So um 
even <laughs> when they are really, really hot, which I believe, I, I don't think they've even made an announcement about it yet, but did you see that the other day where Jay Saldine just like right mid-show just like ran off stage? No. What yeah, he, he suffered from heat exhaustion and had to actually like call a show early because of heat exhaustion. Yeah, like oh. mid-song, he like leaned into his arm and looked like he was like, they were like, in the article that I read, they're like, he's wiping sweat. I've seen Jason play a lot of shows. I've seen that guy be drenched in sweat and be just fine. It looked like he was getting ready to uh, throw up on stage. And and then he just like ran off deck. And so that that doesn't surprise me that it was it was heat exhaustion. And I'm just glad he's all right. We haven't we haven't run into crazy temps yet, although we are going to Texas in like <laughs> two weeks, which will be Oh, that's gonna be really hot. Uh, yeah. however, poor Brett Young, right before some of these shows, uh, he slipped and fell at home and cracked a couple ribs. And so he's been doing these shows with a couple broken ribs. Uh, uh and just powering through it, dude is a dude is a beast because that is not a fun situation to be singing and also have cracked ribs. I mean, that had to have happened right after he played up in Minnesota when I saw him when we were on the plane when I was coming back from Alaska. Yeah, it was literally in between when you saw him and then when the tour started. Jesus, I'm glad he's okay. Yeah, he's doing all right, but. He had to call one of the shows. He, he 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 cut a song. He cut his last song early because he just couldn't sing, sing anymore because it hurt so bad. Poor guy. Yikes. Yeah. Yeah. Rib injuries are no joke. They're not fun. Did you give um, us an update on your song chart? Chart charting. Your song charting. <laughs> yeah, I did at the very beginning. Did I say it was top fifteen? You did. Welcome to you the did. Yeah. <laughs> I didn't hear that part, my bad. Bear, bear drops an bear drops an F bomb and then tunes out. This is definitely on brand today. <laughs> Amazing. Amazing. All right. Uh let's do a quick round of what are you listening to? Well, I'll go first since I'm gonna drop another curse word. Um, because it's in the title of the song. <laughs> you all just edit yourself. Edit yourself. All right. Well, it's the song. It's in the song a lot. Um, Meredith Brooks. I'm a bleep. I'm a. Oh, okay, okay, okay. That makes sense. So I'm gonna say it. The song's called "I'm a Bitch." I think if you want to go back to your childhood, it's gonna be there. <laughs> Great. Well, some some people that song probably came out. <laughs> before they were born <laughs> yeah that too when did that, when did that song time. release when did that song release does anybody know off the top of their head 98 yeah so there's there's probably somebody listening to this podcast right now that was born after that song now I'm looking it up I have to know 97 that's close oh, oh yeah then there, there's definitely somebody listening to this podcast that was born after that song for sure um, I'm gonna go with our our buddy David Tolliver, his duo that he was in for a long time, Halfway to Hazard, Rebel Spirit from their song, uh their their album Redemption popped up. 
the other day. Uh, I, I had not listened to it in forever. And I was just like, I forgot all about this one. And it's a really great song. So there you go. Amazing. Uh, I don't know if you do this on, on the road, Chris, but um, in our bus, in order to pass the time, we we come up with like random categories and just start listing things that really matter to us. And so last night it was perfect albums, albums that are just no skips, albums you're just like, you put it on start to finish. Um, and it, it was really great because we started reminiscing about a lot of songs um, and a lot of albums, and a lot of artists. And one of those was the record Plans by Death Cab for Cutie for me. And uh, the track is actually, it's not the single. It was the first track of the, of the record, Marching Bands to Manhattan, which is just oh. an awesome opening song for an awesome record. So that would be my, my choice this week. All right. Nice. Well, I, uh, I've been one of those, uh, couple of week runs here of just like getting in the feels kind of music. And so one of the songs that I came across and we mentioned Brett Young, uh, but this song gets me every time. And it's been, uh, even more so recently mercy by Brett Young is a really, really, really deep song. And so, um, shout out for that one because, uh, it's a, it's, it's a good one and it hits differently at different points in your life. So mercy. By Brett Young is my song this week. Good call. I love that song. All right. Let's go to sports. <laughs> I was I was waiting for Haley to do it because I figured she would jump in, but when you guys like both stepped on each other, it's fine. Um quick discussions. Uh, but before we get to anything else, I just have to say, did you guys see Steph Curry hit the hole in one? Yeah, I did. It was awesome. Like, that's that's incredible. Can we make it a bucket list item for us to go out to Tahoe for this golf tournament? Like, that is this is like the the a listers of a listers, and it is just it's an environment I want to be a part of. Like, we need to go out there at some point in time because it's so much fun. It looks so much fun. Yeah, I mean, I'm sure we can hook that up. Okay, I'm in. All right. Is anybody good at golf? Are you good at golf, CY? Uh, I know when to pick my ball up. Like, like let me let me put it this way, John Daly. <laughs> so that's a no. So that's a no. John Daly has offered to to make me better at golf, and I just looked at him and dead serious was like, John, you don't you don't want those problems. I was like, you really don't. Well, if, I... if he's going to make you better at golf, you need to have like a stogie in mouth. As you're swinging, like, <laughs> I like you have to literally copy John Daly's style if, if you're going to get taste of diet coke. Yes, <laughs> uh, I'm, I'm, I'm okay. That do, that dude does house diet coke for real. He does. <laughs> I am atrocious at golf, and I wouldn't even be able to play golf nowadays with having no ACLs. Try to turn, and your bottom, I would just fall down. I'm, which I'm could be like great. That could be great, like comedic relief on the tenth. Thanks. We, we, we would be a very interesting uh, four-person scramble if we had to go up against anyone. I mean, I feel I feel like we could do something, but we would probably need a ringer. Yeah. Yeah, I'm, oh, I'm, very, I'm very mediocre. Uh, my, my only claim to fame is I beat my mother once three years ago at Christmas time. 
Nice. Didn't you tell me? Didn't you tell me she was like really upset by that too? Oh yeah, she's. <laughs> my mom is awesome at golf, and uh, I've never beat her except for that one time. And then the year after, she crushed me. Uh, and ever since, she has crushed me. So it was a one of one. I played out of my mind. I was hitting shots like out of the woods onto the green a foot from the cup that like will just never happen again. So blind squirrel finds a nut every now and then, you know. Literally, I'm. I'm like, I shoot like if I break a hundred, that's a. I'm wow, great round for me, you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm. I'm right there with you, Josh. Um, I, I do have to go before. I know I've got stuff listed before we go to the the last thing I have listed. I just have to say that the NFL. I saw the the and I think. Bear, you may have shown this to me the other day, but it was like the the most offensively worded headline. And it was like, you know, the, the Titans picked up Hopkins and it said uh, Titans draft decade older A.J. Brown after releasing A.J. Brown. Yeah, I did show you that. Instead of Titans draft... Pro Bowl right wide receiver that they desperately need as a weapon. Exactly. I was like, hey, it's like it's they can't go backwards. They can't get AJ Brown back. It's too late. They they have kind of been a a resting place though, for lack of a better term, for like older sort of fringe Hall of Fame wide receivers like Andre Johnson. Like they have been a place where receivers go to retire. Who knew that Nashville became a retirement community for whiteouts? Oh, my God. Hey, did y'all know there's only six more Saturdays until football? Saturdays I or Sundays? Wait. I mean, I'm excited for college, but I didn't realize you were a college football fan. Because the Gators suck doesn't mean I'm not a college football fan. <laughs> hey, at least you admit it. They do suck. So that's good. At least who does the shoe, honestly. <laughs> by the way, by the way, this is great too. Career receiving touchdowns, including the playoffs for Titans wide receivers or their head coach. DeAndre Hopkins has 72 career touchdowns. Mike Vrabel has 12. Every other receiver on the Titans roster has less than their head coach in in, in terms of career touchdown receptions. And Mike Vrabel was a linebacker. Okay, I, I may just been on my end, but give me that stat one more time because it sounded yes. like you froze up, right? Career receiving touchdowns, including the playoffs for Titans wide receivers. DeAndre Hopkins is 72. Mike Vrabel, their head coach, who was a linebacker with the Patriots, has 12. Every other receiver on the Titans roster has either eight or less. Wow. Pretty funny. Wow. That's that's rough. Um, <laughs> and yeah, you know, with football coming up, uh, going to some good news, fantasy football this year, guys, we have to start thinking about it right now. And I, I just want to hear from you guys. Who do you think is going to be the number one fantasy football pick in 2023? Ooh, I've not even well, thought about that yet. There's going to be some love for um, 
Josh Jacobs, right? Just because he led the league in rushing last year. Um, I don't know. This is kind of a crapshoot year for like who, like what Christian McCaffrey, like usually he's like McCaffrey's like one of the top picks. I don't know. It's going to be interesting this year. But then gets injured. <laughs> I wouldn't count out Joe Mixon. I don't know if people are going to go first overall pick, but now that they got rid of P Ryan, that's going to be a lot of touches for him. And he, and he, yeah, but if you remember, he gets hurt too. They all get hurt. <laughs> so according know, Gibbs, like I don't, I don't know. I don't. According, I, really don't know. I haven't done my wait, wait, yet. wait, 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 because you're about to give according to and then a list before I yes. can even get my pick out, Ryan. Yes, go ahead, go ahead. I'm telling you right now, I think Cooper Cup has a bounce back year. Could be the case. Could be the case. Now, if we're talking. I- PPR or non-PPR, in terms of points per reception rankings, according to our friends at CBS Fantasy, the number one player ranked across the board is Justin Jefferson. I know, but I – man, I just don't – I don't trust that because, yes, they used him um, out of the backfield quite a bit. I, I wonder if teams adjust to that this year. Good. Because I mean, you, that's you're, that's you're t- where a lot of his PPR is. Your top five is Justin Jefferson, Jamar Chase, Christian McCaffrey, Austin Eckler, and Travis Kelsey. Those would be your top five, followed by Cooper Cup and Tyreek Hill. Those are your consensus top seven in terms of fantasy rankings. Yeah. I, I just don't trust Christian McCaffrey. I, I'm sorry. I've had him too many years in too many different situations. He always gets hurt at the worst possible time. Most and important I know that question. That sucks. When do I get my damn trophy? When do I get my damn trophy? It's not as a trophy, champion? Ryan. No, it's Ryan. not a trophy. It's the belt. It's the it's belt. belt. When do I get yeah, the damn so belt? You, you can't even get it if you're you don't even know. No, what I you're want the damn get. belt. You get it on the night of the draft, which is when I got it. That is how it works, Ryan. We said that from the get go. We said it the day you won, and almost I don't want to give it to you now because you thought it was a trophy and not a belt. <laughs> it's a trophy in my mind. And you know what? I'm going to wear that damn belt on draft night. So bring the damn belt, hand it over to its rightful owner, and it's going to be staying in the Bass household when I win back-to-back championships this year, for the record. You have to be in town to do that. <laughs> we'll figure that out. Got him. Speaking of, of, of towns, by the way, uh, I had my first Kansas City experience this weekend for the Rays Royal Series. And... You know, I was always confident that if I've ever to ask Josh's opinion on culinary experiences, that he would not lead me astray. And let me tell you something. Oklahoma Joe's Barbecue in Kansas City. It was an experience that I will never forget. And I have now supplanted. I have I have put Kansas City as the number one barbecue in the entire world over Texas, over Memphis, over everybody. Kansas City Barbecue does it right. And the burnt ends at Oklahoma Joe's, oh, one of the best things I've ever tasted in my life. That's all right, man. You were out of town the other day when I smoked an entire brisket. It was fine. I see no flaws in your thought process and your rankings, Ryan, according <laughs> to my friend Ryan Bass from yes. the quad. <laughs> 
Okay. By the way, uh, Kansas City, a very, very sneaky, cool town. Like the plaza area, like the debt, like it's a pretty cool city. I, like I would never have imagined if I got parachuted into the plaza area that Kansas City would be among the top five cities I would list. It's a it's a it's a cool spot for sure. Shout out to KC. It's it's sneaky fun. Uh, the, you get all of the Midwest uh, hospitality and niceness from people. And there's a lot of cool stuff to do. KC for life. Let's go. Also, the Chiefs are super close to drafting, uh, or not drafting, but getting DeAndre Hopkins. We were $2 million short. Well, you need more You need more playmakers in that offense? Wow. Really? Yeah, why not? I, just, I mean, they could have utilized him pretty well, I would say. They, they seem to do that every year. Shout out to a Kansas oh. City's uh, off-key off karaoke spot. Oh, man, let me tell you something. I owned, owned the mic at off-key. Let me tell you. Little little hinderlets that, of an that angel sounds, that was ripping. You know what? Honestly, you owning the mic at somewhere called Off Key sounds about on brand. Yes, it does very much. It so was, it was uh, it was a dreadful experience for everybody except myself in that bar. <laughs> You're not supposed to be good at karaoke. That's the whole point. It was great. So I'm glad you had a good time, man. Um, it was awesome. Before we before we get out of sports, quick question to you: Tampa Bay Rays, how are they looking? Well. Um, the Orioles are one game behind the Rays in the AL East now, uh, which is, inc- it's crazy to think because the Ra- that that has not been the case. The Rays have not had less than a two game lead in the division since opening day. It has been that, that long, uh, back in April. So Rays have been on, they had on a little bit of skid. They had a seven game losing streak. They won uh, before the break and came back one, two in a row against the Royals on a doubleheader, then lost uh, the series finale yesterday, but important series coming up in Texas. And then four games at home at the trap against the Baltimore Orioles that will figure out who is the Supreme team in baseball's best division. By the way, every team in that division has more than 50 wins. It is crazy. It is absolutely the Yankees are 10 games behind and in last place, and they would be like seven games up and in first place in the central division. It is nuts. The AL East is like literally the hardest division in baseball history. It's crazy. The AL Central. Ooh, the Royals are actually two games ahead of the Athletics. We are no longer the worst team in, in baseball. Congratulations. Congratulations. Yes. Do you you realize that eleven percent of your wins this year have come against Tampa Bay, which is kind of crazy. Well, I, you know, well, we're good against juggernauts, against the Rays. We, we beat the Dodgers. We beat the hell out yeah. of them. Great. It's pretty funny. Wait, wait, wait. Hey, hang on, hang on, hang on, hang on. You're still the worst team in your division, though. Oh, yeah, by a lot. <laughs> you, you in fact, are. Uh, I was sitting here looking at I'm like, what? The athletics? What is he looking at? Oh, 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 not the worst team in baseball. Oh, that's fine. By the way, quick question on baseball. Do we think Shohei Otani gets traded? Because there are conversations around whether or not the Angels trade him or don't trade him, and he basically walks in three months for nothing. Like I, I think I think they have to move him to get something for the greatest baseball player we've ever seen. I was about to say he's not even on like a like a team that's worthy of his talent at this point. I I uh, wish that, that baseball took a page out of the NBA in which they trade people to get value instead of letting them walk in free agency. So I think they should trade them. I don't think they will. I, I don't think they trade him. I, you, whatever you get back is never going to be enough for literally the greatest athlete we may have ever seen in, the, in, in sports history. 
No, and the, the longer that they can keep him, they know that he's not re-signing there. They can do a big farewell thing with the team and just make it known that he's leaving and moving on somewhere else. If they trade him, it's just going to look bad. It doesn't matter what piece they get out of it. Yep. Trade deadline, by the way, is August 1st. So it's coming up in a few weeks, and we'll see what happens with Otani. Yeah. All right, let's go to movies. Movies. See, I got see, see what I did there? Yeah, yep. I got it. Um, quick question. Did either one of you see the Dial of Destiny? I did not. I did not have time to do it. Ryan? So it's weird. Like every movie theater just closed for the last two weeks in the country. And I was really surprised at why they would be doing that. So unfortunately, I wasn't that's, able to make it. That's so weird. You had two weeks. You just don't see the movie. <laughs> um, just, I'm saying it now. Just remember, Oppenheimer is the movie for next week. Right, Josh? Yeah. That's the one? Yes. Okay. Um, also, warning for anyone that normally goes and watches the movie because it's part of the podcast. Uh, this is one of those where there is like a, a, a bit of controversy over like, aren't there some scenes with full frontal? Hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Stuff. Full yeah. frontal. Yeah. So, I mean, outside of that, I'm very much looking forward to seeing the movie. That's normally something you don't have to worry Wait, about. Are you not? Are you not a? Fa- are you not a fan of nudity in movies? Um, I just That's did. I, I don't know. I guess that. I didn't. I guess I didn't expect it in a movie like this. I think this this begs a question of the the best nude scene in a movie of all time. <laughs> we're not. We're not, we're not. We're not. We're not. We're not doing that. Anyway, I'll move on to one that I know I saw and Haley saw, which was the horror movie Insidious the Red Door. It's Jason Siegel um, in <laughs> Get Out of Here. Yes, yes it. it is. Yes, it is. Yes, it is. Good uh, God. Forgetting okay. forgetting Sarah Marshall. Yes. Sarah Marshall. <laughs> Insidious, the Red Door, 37% on Rotten Tomatoes, 80% liked this movie that were Google users. Which I think goes to show you exactly what they were targeting. They got it was a budget of sixteen million. Um, I'm pretty sure they made plenty of money on this one, just like they've made on every other one that they've released. Uh, Ryan, if you want to look up the stats for the return on this while I'm reading the the description, go ahead. Uh, Josh Lambert heads east to drop his son Dalton off at school. However, Dalton's college dream soon becomes a living soon becomes a living nightmare when the repressed demons of his past suddenly return to haunt them both. I like this a lot. I know that there are some people out there that even though they like Insidious, did not necessarily love this movie, but I thought it moved the plot forward. I thought it also called back to the first film in a lot of really cool ways. And I thought it definitely sets it up for more. And I thought there were some really cool like jump scare moments in it. I liked it. I, I I know that this was an interestingly polarizing one, even among the fan base of like people that love Insidious. It wasn't as scary as the first one, but it was definitely suspense. And I liked the story between the father and son, like rediscovering um, what their happened? relationship. 
and and what happened to them yeah yeah so discussed on the podcast before insidious is my favorite scary movie franchise i thought this like i said the first one i think is the scariest um this one was not scary to me at all but i still loved it in a sense of appreciation for the series and the storyline behind it because originally the way that they did the first movies anyways was brilliant and how they keep how they're able to move forward i like to compare it to the idea of like even though it wasn't scary they can still move forward with the franchise and doing another one because if you stayed till the very end of course there was an end credit that gave it a a sign that there probably will be another one um But basically, like, if you want to compare the paranormal activities, every single one of them, they wanted to be super scary. But there was never a good, like, following through it because nothing was ever as good. The stories never continued well. So this one, I really, really liked it. I really liked the story. I really liked the plot. I was engaged the entire time. Um, To some people, it may be scary, but I'm a huge fan of scary movies, so I didn't find it that scary. But I was really... I was disappointed in going into the movie because two of my friends were like, it's terrible. Like you don't want to go see it. And I'm like, but I still do want to go see it. And I went into it thinking it was going to be terrible. And I was, it was the complete opposite. I loved it. So I I would, if you are a big fan of the movie franchise, but don't think uh, it's not going to be that scary, but it will have a great story. And I think that if you pay attention to that part and not the idea that it needs to be a scary movie, that you'll like it. It's crazy that this series is 13 years old for the record. I've I've had no idea it's been been running that long. Um and box office numbers are topped 120 million um at the box office worldwide. The budget for this film was 16 million. So that's the way to do it right there. Low budget yeah, film, I mean crush it I, at the box I brought, office. I brought that up, Ryan. <laughs> I already evidently you and Haley don't listen to what I say at the beginning. Uh, you you asked me to do sections. a job and, and look up numbers. So I was looking up numbers while you were giving numbers. <laughs> that's fair. Um, no, th- that's what these films are set up to do, right? They're, they're done on an extremely low budget and then they crush at the box office because they have a fan base. And that's why I think they'll probably make at least one more. Indiana Jones yeah. d- declined by 56%. It was topped by Insidious. So those two movies basically were the top two box office. Well, Indiana Jones is also what was the budget on that versus what they've made. I'm, I'm pretty sure it's a, a bit different. Yes, a little bit. Yeah. But you know what? We're hoping that with the, the influx of Barbie and Oppenheimer that the movies are now off to the races for the foreseeable future as far as them being able to cash in because I, I never thought I would say this, but the studios are in need of it right now. They have not been doing so hot recently. That is true. It also, Bob Iger, CEO of Disney, has has now announced they are going to be dialing back the amount of Marvel movies that they were releasing both on Disney Plus and in the theaters due to some uh what i think you know we've kind of called just the the marvel fatigue i think people don't want to keep up with 30 different franchises you know and so even even disney who made billions and billions of dollars off of marvel uh 
little little hot water right now just looking at it a little little differently also well, and it, let's be honest they just lost james gunn who was a big linchpin who is now gone to dc and is rebooting dc and we saw what the flash did the worst box office disaster for a superhero film ever worse than shazam 2 yep also, right now, relating to movies, is everyone ditching their movie premieres because of the writer's strike, the uh, SAG strike. Yeah. So I wonder how long that's going to go along and how it'll affect future movies. Uh, Ron, Ron Perlman, by the way, did you see the thing he said the other day? And I guess he, he ended up taking it down, but he came off the top rope on an unnamed executive that was like... I don't know exactly what the wording is, so I don't want to get myself too too sideways. But if you look it up, basically, the unknown executive said about the writer's strike, he goes, people better be careful about, you know, throwing all this rhetoric around because people are going to start losing their houses eventually waiting out this strike. And Ron Perlman was like, pretty much, hey, you know what? That's BS for you to say that about people and a horrible stance to take, especially when people know who you are, even though you go with an unnamed source and know where your house is. <laughs> yes. <laughs> like, oh God. Not the way to handle that. No, not at all. It won't it won't affect movies or TV shows in the, in the short term, but it will uh, we'll, we're gonna feel it about six months from now. Because they'll still they'll still be releasing stuff that they're already done with, but there's going to be a big gap again, like there was however many years ago the last time they stri- they did a strike. Yeah, the last because the other day I saw the headline: the entire cast of the Haunted Mansion skips out on the movie premiere to go write their signs, their picket signs for the strike. <laughs> well, I mean, we'll see how this all plays out, but it, Josh is is totally right, and it, you know what ends up happening is. It, the, the movie studios will, it's interesting, they'll rebound quicker once the strike is over than the TV side because they'll basically bring everybody all hands on deck to finish these movies. And you get a bunch of TV series that may be half done and fall by the wayside and like never come back because that's the same thing that happened last time. There was, I think I've talked about it. There was a show called drive that was just this amazing, amazing TV show with this pretty much all-star cast. And, uh, it, it just fizzled and disappeared because of the writer's strike. Yeah. TV, TV relies so much on momentum to carry it through. And, uh, yeah, we'll see. We'll see what what TV shows that we like that'll end up getting canceled. We'll see all sorts of things in the in the coming months. All right, let's go to the hot take. Hot take. Yeah, I knew you were going to do it. Um, all right, so the one this week that I came up with that I'm very intrigued because there's so many right answers to this is the best movie cameo. And and I won't say ever because then you can go back into like way 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 old history like taxi driver. You know, it's like <laughs> it's probably going a little too far. So um, you know the the best 
movie cameo in recent memory. Uh, and I am going to kick it off just with one from my heart for fun because of my love of zombie movies, because I love how well this movie was done. It is Bill Murray in Zombieland. I knew this is where you were going to land. Oh, yep. yeah, dude. I have to. I have to. My love for that man will never die. He is an amazing actor. He is a huge part of some of my favorite movies in my childhood. I've gotten to play 18 holes of golf with him, looping it back around to the sports connection. It's it's Bill Murray in Zombieland. It was great. <laughs> he also didn't die in that movie. I mean, he's, he's a zombie. It's a, it's a joke. Um, <laughs> I thought you were going to take that one, so I took that one off my list because that one's up there pretty high for me. So I'm going to do one that made me really like do a double take and I go, is that Matt Damon in Thor Ragnarok? Because I truly just sat there and was like, why is he doing this this cameo and yet i was tickled by it and it was amazing so i will take matt damon in ragnarok i'm gonna take a, the quickest cameo of all time but it's hilarious the way they did that and i'm gonna go with brad pitt and deadpool when he was vanisher and you just saw for a split second that it was him when he was in his dying scene spoiler alert when he dies as vanisher getting electrocuted because it was perfect Mine is going to be probably one of the greatest memes that has ever been created and one of the greatest gifts that ever exists because the cameo of Will Ferrell and Wedding Crashers gives you some of the greatest one-liners in comedic co comedy history. So Will Ferrell, ma, me love. It's just the best. So Will Ferrell's cameo in Wedding Crashers. Let's go. All right, so I, I will say this about yours, Ryan. I feel like that's still a part and not necessarily yeah. a cameo. Oh, okay. it's a... a cameo is just like a one-time pop-up. Yeah, that's, I mean... that character... Uh, uh, I mean, you also expect to see Will Ferrell in that movie. I'm not going to take it from you. If people want to vote for Will Ferrell in that, fine. But to me, that's not the, the spirit of what a cameo in a movie that's... is. Cameo, I feel like, has to be one one scene one location and then you don't see him again and you see you see will ferrell at least twice in that movie yeah so great anyway there we go those are your choices for this week make sure you vote and as always thank you guys for listening to the quad with chris young i'm chris from haley ryan josh and myself we love you we'll see you out there on the road and we're out <laughs>